What's going on, guys? This is Sam from Dodgers Debrief. On today's podcast, you know, because there isn't actually much news from spring training, you know, which is good because it means nobody has suffered a major injury, we're just going to go through some player updates and answer some fan questions from social media. Before we get into it, please remember to download the podcast and rate and review wherever you're listening. So, uh, starting it off with some of the starting pitching, uh, kind of a pun there. Uh, Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin, and Dustin May have all looked uh, great. Not a whole lot to say about um, any of them, although we'll talk a little bit about May later. Uh, Urias has been very solid, kind of just getting outs. You know, he's kind of weird because sometimes he'll be pitching in a way that he has a lot of swing and miss stuff and he'll be getting a lot of strikeouts, sometimes just soft contact. I personally, you know, it's more fun to watch him strike guys out, but it doesn't matter to me uh, as, long, you know, as long as he's getting outs, he's looking great, which he has been uh, for the majority of this spring. Similar, similarly, Tony Gonsolin will sometimes have a, a similar thing as he did last season, but he's looked really good in spring training, pretty much uh, dominating. In his last outing, his fastball got hit a little bit, but his split change looked, uh, you know, fantastic as it has all spring, and I think he's really solidifying, hopefully, you know, in my opinion, as um, the fifth starter on the team. Kind of segueing from that, I think uh, David Price, who we've seen pitched, I think, I believe twice, two or three times, he's looked you know, okay. I mean, I think he pitched in a, a B game the other day and looked better than he did in his last start, which was not great. He's kind of getting hit a lot and hasn't looked super sharp, but, you know, just for him, after missing last year, you know, he's just got to get back into the swing of things, so I think he's doing a good job of that and getting built up and not getting injured, and he said he's willing to pitch in the bullpen, so I do think that is where he will open the season just to get him start, uh, started and eased, eased back into things because, um, you know, he didn't pitch for a whole year, so I think he's just getting him into things, and we could use the lefty in the bullpen, especially since they decided to option uh, Garrett Clevenger, who'd been racking up a ton of strikeouts, but was getting hit a little bit. Um, to minor league camp, which means he cannot break the opening day roster. So I think that also leads hints that they're uh, interested in using Price on the, as a reliever on the opening day roster. But of course, I do think he will get you know probably around 15 starts at least. I would think over the course of this season, as they're just going to keep cycling guys through to prevent injury after ramping up to a much longer season this year. Another reason for putting Price in the bullpen is he's a better option there for the second lefty than uh, Scott Alexander, in my opinion. He's just going to be more consistent. I think he's just a better pitcher. Uh, so going into kind of the three guys who are you know solidified in that rotation, uh, Clayton Kershaw, he looked okay this spring. He got hit around a lot in uh, his last um, you know major league start, and then he pitched um, in, in a B game versus the Brewers as well, and he looked much better. Robert said you know, his fastball life was better and his command was a little better. So that, that's good to see. You know, he kind of, if his fastball command is, is kind of, locating that'll tell you if he's going to be good or great I think um but that, that's not really anything to worry about for me for Kershaw it's just getting him healthy we know he's going to be uh, even if he can't replicate um, what he did last season that kind of little resurgence there with the velocities he hasn't been hitting 91 92 as much as he was last year at this time of year he he um you know he'll still be really really good and a really really valuable pitcher and guy to have on the team uh interestingly enough Trevor Bauer who looked really good this spring was looking great through four innings against the Mariners and really, really dominating. A ton of strikeouts, no walks. I don't believe, I think he didn't give up a hit till late in you know late in the fourth inning. He stopped. He got. I mean, there's no way to say he got shelled in the uh, the fifth inning, giving up three home runs to the Mariners and kind of a few doubles and just getting kind of smacked around. He says it's because he stopped kind of trying to really like focus on sequencing his pitches and just trying to get up with a pitch count. That was evident to me. I think. Personally, from watching, it was more of a lack of command, and he was just trying to get fastballs for strikes and, you know, not super worried about the results. Um, but I think that the fact that he's not concerned about it means I'm not concerned about it. Basically, I think he knows, obviously, himself and pitching better, better than I do in the fans. So I think um, I'm gonna more inclined to take away from what I saw from the first four innings where he was absolutely dominant. 
And I think also of note, it's of note that his curveball wasn't really where it's been this spring at all in that last start. I think that's also why he got hit a lot more after seeing batters more because he wasn't getting him to swing and miss at his fastball because they already seen it. You know, that'll happen to guys, um, not to that extreme a level. And I think that wouldn't have happened if he were pitching competitively in a regular season game to Bauer. But that will happen if you don't have your secondary pitch that great and you're seeing guys, you know, second, third time for the order. You know, you'll get hit a lot more. But again, uh, uh, as he said, it doesn't really matter because he got his pitch count up to where he wanted it. He said he's happy with it. The team's happy with it. All good, in my opinion, from there. Although it was, you know, it was a little... A little funny to watch him get shelled. You know, even, even he was kind of laughing about it on the mound, so nothing to worry about there. Kind of similarly, Walker Buehler uh, yesterday got absolutely... Sm- uh, there's no word to describe how bad, how poorly he uh, pitched and got absolutely smacked around by uh, the Brewers yesterday, but um, I believe he gave up... I didn't watch the game, but I believe he gave up nine runs in almost five innings. So yeah, he was, he was real bad. But I think... Um, you know, this this happens to Bueller sometimes where his fastball isn't super sharp, and he does give up a lot of home runs and gets hit. We saw it occasionally in 2019 where he'd have a pretty bad outing. He's just not really getting guys out to give up a lot of hard contact, and he'll absolutely dominate his next start, kind of similar, similarly to how he dominated uh, his last start versus the White Sox. This spring, I'm not really worried about it because, again, he got himself to 83 pitches, and he personally said he didn't think this would be a problem. He wasn't really worried about it. Um, and I think that's especially the case with Walker Bueller because he always – Starts really slow for so for him to have a bad spring training where again you're not even pitching as you would be in regular season games you're just kind of experimenting. This isn't really an issue and it's kind of just trying to build up his pitch count at this point. I trust that he's a good enough pitcher that this really is not going to be a problem for him. And it's just although I do think um, you know consistency will be something to look for from this season. I know he's going to be good, but the question is how much and how uh, consistent can he be with that? Because if he's consistent with it, he can easily be um, a Cyan contender and maybe even win that award. Uh, it's also um, of note, I think, that his strikeout-to-walk ratio is really good. He's not striking out a ton of batters. I think he's probably around a 9K per 9, which is, you know, fine. But we expect a little better from Walker Buehler. But his walks have been extremely low. I think he's only walked one batter in all um, in his total outings this spring, which is really fantastic to see after what we saw in a lot of the postseason with him as his blisters were making him miss with his fastball and walk. He'd be walking like five guys in five innings. It was a disaster. But um, I think this is really good to see because it especially shows to me that those blisters are not back and aren't affecting his command at all, which is really important because that was really the only thing holding him back um, last season. So I'm expecting big, big things from Walker Bueller, as I think we all are and should be. So uh, moving on a little bit to the bullpen, we'll start with the back end. Uh, Kenley Jansen, Blake Trinan, and Victor Gonzalez have all looked... I mean, phenomenal, and our locks uh, for the back end of the bullpen coming out of uh, the spring training. Jansen hit uh, is hitting 92 to 93 consistently, striking out a ton of batters and not walking. I don't believe he's walked a single guy uh, this spring training, which is good because his command was uh, career low. The only thing that was really a career low from last year was the walks. Uh, I, sorry, career low as in they were bad. I guess a career high in walk rate. Um, he gave up a home run the other day when he was pitching on much shorter rest than he'd been used to getting ramped up for that, but it wasn't you know, like a blasted home run we would see sometimes off him in 2018, 2019. The wind kind of just carried it out. It was a fly ball. You know, it's kind of, it, it happens. He didn't throw a great pitch. He got beat. It's okay. Um, I think um, it's especially good that he's pitched uh, three times in five days, um, which he didn't pitch the third time in a major league game. He pitched in the B game, but just getting him ramped up to kind of the most willing to use him in the regular season is really important at this stage. And I'm really encouraged by what you've seen. You know, I know if you know me anything about me, I'm a big Jansen guy. And I think this isn't necessarily even just bias coming from me. I think he's really looked 
great on the field. Um, and there's no reason to expect that he won't be. Uh, if not, you know, 2016, 2017 Jansen, he's not going to be 2018, 2019 Jansen. I think he's going to be a lot closer to his, uh, his his physical prime. Kind of on a similar note, uh, Corey Knable finally looked uh, really, really good in his last outing. Obviously, we acquired him from the Brewers uh, over the offseason after he'd come back from Tommy John surgery. And before he got hurt, he was one of the best relievers in baseball. Um, you know, he hadn't really showed that a ton in his outings with us, which, you know, it's fine. It's spring training, just getting ramped up. But I hadn't been super impressed with what I'd seen both command-wise and, you know, stuff-wise, like inducing swing and miss. You know, sometimes he'd throw a good curveball, get a swing and miss, but he really didn't look anything like his last self. But he did um, the other day. He, I think he, there was an error, and then he walked a guy, and he struck out three in a row and looked, I mean, dominant and unhittable. And he was hitting 96 consistently with his fastball, which is really good to see at this point in the spring coming back from injury. So that's really encouraging, and hopefully if he can keep that up, he can be a, a major setup guy for uh, for Jansen or maybe even step in to get some saves if that is necessary, which I hope it is not. Another former Brewer has been, I mean, under the radar, incredible in camp. Jimmy Nelson, who we signed uh, before last year and then renewed the contract for this year. He was hurt last year, didn't pitch. That's kind of been his deal. When he's been healthy, he's been very good. He's never been healthy. Um, he has looked great and healthy this, this spring. He hasn't given up a run. Yeah, and strike out a lot of guys, not a ton of walks. He should definitely, in my opinion, be on the opening day roster. But I, it's a little unclear to me what his role will be. Uh, I think I would make him a multi-inning reliever, but also not be afraid at all to use him in really big spots if you need a setup guy. I think he's really proven that he's good enough right now to pitch in those important spots when the game is on the line. And his stuff, his stuff is there. So I think he's going to be a major component of the bullpen this season right out of the gate and uh, probably get some starts for the team as well. Uh, during the season. Another guy who might find himself in that kind of multi-inning guy role um, is Dennis Santana, who has looked really, really good and just absolutely disgusting uh, with much better command um, than he usually has and tons of strikeouts. He had a bad outing um, maybe about a week ago, but he looked good in his two outings since. So I think that was definitely an aberration, which is really nice to see because he's kind of, you know, a guy who's been around for a while. He came up in 18, got hurt, was back in 19 a little bit, wasn't great, wasn't great last year, but he showed flashes of what he's showing right now. And I think we should, um, he should make this team on the opening day roster if, as long as he doesn't pitch you know, catastrophically poorly in his, in his next uh, few outings. And I think he'll be in a similar role to Nelson. Those will be the two kind of long relief righties in that sense. Could have another long relief righty, though, although I would make him more of a high leverage uh, one or two inning guy, is Dustin May. He was really, really impressive with uh, seven strikeouts in his last outing against the Padres. I believe that was about four innings. Gave up a lot of hits, but they were all infield singles that easily could have been out. Nothing, only one or two balls that were actually hit hard against him. Um, against the Padres there, which is you know, a good lineup. It was almost all their starters were playing. Um, his breaking ball, uh, you know, I guess it's, I think it's a curveball. Some people call it a slider. It looks like a curve to me. And his four-seamer, uh, his four-seam fastball locate, were located really, really well to pick up strikeouts in a way that we haven't really seen him ever do before. You know, he was throwing it, sequencing his pitches incredibly well. I would recommend, if you haven't seen it, you go back and watch that outing from, I believe it was Saturday or Sunday, if you just look up, uh, you know, May versus Padres was kind of all over the internet. He was awesome. Um, yeah, he definitely used his two-seamer and sinker a little bit less, it seemed, which is interesting. It's definitely something to look for um, during the season. I think he's trying to raise his low strikeout rate from last year and just get more swing and miss uh, because, you know, the defense isn't always going to be able to... Um, back him up in that sense as his peripheral stats weren't as good as his ERA last year. Um, if he can command that curveball and force him like he did in this last outing, though, he is going to be absolutely unhittable and could really have a breakout season, whether it's in the bullpen or uh, 
in the rotation. Although I don't think he'll be in the rotation out of camp. I do think he will get anywhere from 10 to like 17 starts, I think, depending on injuries and how much they want to rest up. Now it is time to talk hitting, and you can't talk hitting on the Dodgers without talking Corey Seager. Absolutely blazing hot. He's just blasting home runs left and right. Leads the Cactus League with, I want to say 7. He hit one the other day against the Giants um, that was absolutely tattooed. I mean, I just he's going to, I mean, he could win MVP this season and not at all surprise me. I think it's going to be really hard, unfortunately, for the Dodgers to extend him because of this because all he's going to do is raise his um, stock this season. And his agent, Scott Boris, already likes to let his clients hit the free agent market and get as much money as they can, which is, you know, respectable. I'd probably do the same thing if I were Seager. Uh, but, yeah, it, I do think that he will stick around in the Dodgers. I do think we'll re-sign him. But I think it's going to be the offseason as a free agent as opposed to an extension right now. And we're going to have to open up the wallet. But I do think, you know, Friedman's shown that he's willing to do that for especially uh, homegrown guys um, and guys who deserve the money, which I think Seager 1,000% will, however much that ends up being based on, you know, how well he plays this season, his defense, and what other shortstops on the market get. Seager has, uh, you know, de deservedly so, been getting a lot of the press out of Dodgers camp for hitters. Uh, Mookie Betts and Justin Turner are quietly having super consistent and good springs, you know, all hitting around 300, high on base percentage, all that stuff. We've seen a little bit of power coming from Justin Turner in the past few games, which is good to see. Obviously, he's kind of notorious for not having a ton of power through the first month, month and a half of the season. I believe he has in his career only four or five home runs in April ever. But I think, um, you know, regardless of that, both those guys are healthy. They've been consistent as they usually are. Kind of very good to see. Another guy who's a little bit less quietly but very consistent is Gavin Lux, who uh, obviously all eyes are on him after. He struggled a lot last year. He came into camp looking really more relaxed as so, you know as he fit in kind of more as he did in 2019 than in 2020 when he's kind of trying to trying to you know get get back on the team after showing up late for uh I think he had covid but regardless he looks fantastic uh he's hitting above 300 he continues to look just like really good and relaxed at the plate which we didn't see a lot from last year he's very jumpy striking out a ton he's not striking out very much right now uh, he's hitting a lot of a lot of singles doubles not a ton of power so far but you know that will come and it's less important because he's you know he's playing so well regardless he's also walking a lot which is really good to see he's really commanding the zone and um being even aggressive swinging a lot of first pitches which is really good to see that he's just kind of commanding and he's he's feeling confident that he is a good player and that um you know he is that top prospect that he was a year or two ago you know he's gonna have a breakout season i think and get a lot of playing time at second base uh, speaking of kind of another guy well muncie had been really struggling he struggled a lot in 2020 and struggled a lot uh, the, for the first few weeks of spring training, but he's really heating up a lot after a slow start, hitting a lot of doubles, hitting the ball really hard. Um, you know, he's, he's, he was walking a lot regardless, even when he wasn't hitting, uh, both last year and in spring training this year. Um, but it's good to see him pick up hits along with those walks. He, you know, he, as, we, as, as I said, he struggled a lot last season, but a lot of that was bad luck because he had a ton of ground balls. I think he only had um, a bat up over, over 200, which shows that uh, it's well below average and shows that he's getting unlucky in balls that he hits. Um, you know, there aren't a strikeout or a walk, but he did he did recover a little bit in the postseason and um, looked good, and he's kind of getting back to that, which is really good to see because obviously we know what he can do when he is healthy and, um, you know, feeling feeling good at the plate, which he clearly is right now. A transition to somebody who did not struggle at all last year. Chris Taylor is absolutely scorching the baseball. I mean, I, there is no way. He's barely bet. I think if Seager were not um, hitting it somehow even harder, Taylor would be getting a lot more press. He's been hitting you know, homers and doubles left and right. He's just picking up where he left off after quietly being one of the best hitters on the team last year. I think he was 
by one of the war metrics. I don't know which one. Our third most valuable player after Betts and Seager last year. Just because of how hard, especially in the second half, he would just hit the ball and hitting a ton of home runs, all that good stuff. So he's really um, one of the most underrated players on the Dodgers and in baseball, I think. But yeah, having him hit as well as um, being able to play you know, incredible defense at a lot of different positions, as Roberts has said he will, um, is really important, especially with Kike Hernandez uh, on the Red Sox now. So now we are going to um, transition into a few fan questions from Twitter. Um, so our first question comes from Cesar Martinez, who asks, why didn't Kikum make the team? Love his, mo- love his movement on his pitches. Yeah, that's interesting because Mike Kikum is kind of a guy that nobody had really ever heard of coming into spring training, and he was really uh, quite impressive. He had a lot of, especially in his last outing, he was racking up a ton of strikeouts. Um, he really looked um, pretty filthy, and I think the reason he didn't make the team is just because we've got guys who are better. I think long-term, he was impressive in spring training. I don't think they think he's as good as any of the guys I've talked about right now who are going to make the opening day roster, but I would not be surprised to see him make a start or two um, this season or to uh, come out of the bullpen as a lefty. But I, I agree, he was really impressive for me in spring training, and I think that we will, I do think we'll see him in the, in the major leagues this season. Uh, our next question is from, from David at Bleed Blue at 951. If two of the top three starters for the Dodgers, Kershaw, Bueller, Bauer, have a sub three ERA this season, which two are they? I think. Probably Bueller and Bauer. I Kershaw, I think, might give up too many home runs. I haven't been as impressed as I would have liked to be with his spring, but it could easily be him. I mean, it's a, it's a crapshoot, basically. I think that's tough. I think um, I think I'll stick with Bueller and Bauer, but Kershaw is going to be close. And I don't know. I'm gonna maybe abstain from answering this one. That's that's tough. That's a good question. Uh, Damon Salvatore's doppelganger asks. Closer situation. That right now, obviously, as Roberts has said, is, um, well, Kenley Jansen. I mean, he's looked great in spring training, and I think there's no reason to think that he won't have a good regular season. I think if he does falter, I think it'll take a little bit for him to actually get, quote-unquote, demoted from the closer. If it were up to me, I wouldn't have a closer. I would just have cycle in good guys based on matchups, but baseball is not there yet. Um so I think it's it's Jansen with, with with probably trying and being the next guy in line. Uh, Hannah wants you to wear your masks. Asks if you could make your opening day lineup and pitching selections for the weekend uh, to open the weekend. Who would it be and why? Well, Kershaw um, is probably pitching. Well, Kershaw, Bueller, and Bauer is the order I would go in for the first three games. But it doesn't really matter lineup wise. Um, go let's say opening day. I would go. Barnes catching Kershaw because they have a good relationship, but Smith obviously is a better hitter and, pre- and better overall uh, all-around catcher. I would have, let's see, I guess we're assuming probably we're facing a righty, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I would have, let's see, uh, Muncie at first, Lux at second, Seeger at short, um, Turner at third, Betts in right, Bellinger in center, and I would have Taylor over Pollock in, in left. I think he's just been more impressive. I think he's, he's earned the starting time there, but that, that might be a toss-up in that sense. But I think that's, luckily with the Dodgers, that's pretty uh, easy to figure out. We've got such such a good team. I mean, that's almost an all-star team right there, and I think sometimes we forget how fortunate we are in that sense. But that's a good, that's a good question. So uh, Joe Holt, big friend of the podcast, appreciate that, um, asks, between Lux, Pollock, and CT3, who should get more playing time in second and left field? I would give Lux almost an every J job, I think, at second base, just because he's been so good this spring. And I think out of all three hitters, he's got the highest ceiling. I think um, Pollock right now is getting the least amount of playing time 
just because he hasn't impressed in spring. Um, and Taylor really has, along with Lux. So I think because Lux is going to play so much at second, I think Taylor's going to play a lot of left field. But I think they're going to be pretty careful with Bellinger coming off shoulder surgery in center. So Taylor will probably get some time there with Pollock and left. I think they'll cycle through guys a lot. I think if I had to count at bats, it would be Taylor and Lux pretty much tied for tied for first in that sense with Pollock uh, below them, but not, not by a ton. I think they'll cycle through guys a ton. So how will MLB uh, enforcing substances more affect Bauer this season, asks Matt. That's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean... There's significant evidence that he might be using a foreign substance to increase his spin rate. If he is, you know, I hope he's not. I think if he were, the Dodgers wouldn't have really signed him, or if they were concerned about him getting caught, they wouldn't have committed so much money to him. I think um, the fact that he's been so, like, avidly asking MLB to crack down on it makes me think he's not doing it, but I don't have another explanation for the increased spin rate, so I, I honestly have no idea. Hopefully, it won't affect him at all. I think worst-case scenario is he gets suspended for a few weeks and comes back and isn't quite as good a pitcher, but it's, it's still worthwhile. But that that's worst case scenario in my opinion. I, I don't think I don't think it will affect him at all, is what I, I would have to say. Uh, Dodger Man Games asks the Dodgers pitching has been shelled in the last couple of or so games. Does that raise any concern or is it a non issue? As I said a little bit earlier, non issue for me, just getting built up. You know, I'd rather they didn't get shelled, but um I'm not concerned if it's not happening. You know, if it's just happening in spring training, it's whatever. Uh, and uh, for our final question from uh, Moises Lopez, asked Gratterall's ETA for the regular season. So that's that's interesting because we kind of it's kind of been getting just like pushed back a little bit uh, in every few interviews from Roberts uh, throughout spring. I think he obviously is a lot of us know by now wasn't able to throw in off a mound in Venezuela for you know whatever reason over the off season. Not gonna not gonna blame him for the situation. Um, but he Roberts has pretty much said as much as he won't pitch in a Cactus League game. So basically, he won't be on the roster. Uh, so I think he'll start maybe on the technically the injured list, although he doesn't have an injury that we know of. Um, and I think he'll probably just get ramped up the alternate site. He seems like as if he's kind of a month behind. So I think maybe end of April, beginning of May, we'll, we'll see him up there and kind of pitching as much as he usually was last season. So thank you guys uh, so much for listening. That's all I've got for you guys this week. Sorry for the podcast being a little bit late. Got a lot of stuff going on. Usually we're going to try to be doing these uh, every Monday, though, during spring training, and uh, which actually only another week uh, about. And uh, hopefully after every series, the Dodgers play um, during the season. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Sam underscore Shearer 99 there, and my blog is DodgersDebrief.com, and that is all linked in the episode description. Remember to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll see you guys in the next episode on Monday. Thanks for listening.